This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. and some of the things that you did hurt people. Yeah, I, I think I can ask a better question. It's just, where were you when I was uh, a kid figuring out that uh, 300 million of my ancestors are buried in America? Where were you guys asking those same questions when I was a kid dealing with learning about the traumatic events of my familial history and what I'm proud to come from and why I'm proud to stand here? And why, when I repeat myself that I'm not going to stand down, it has nothing to do with dismissing any other race or group of people. I'm just proud of my heritage and what we've been through. And uh, the fact that this has pinned me against the Jewish community. And uh, I'm here answering questions of whether or not I'm sorry or not on something I didn't create. And it was something I shared. And I'm telling everybody I'm taking responsibility. Then that's where I sit. I take my full responsibility. Again, I'll repeat it for posting something on my Instagram or Twitter that may have had some unfortunate falsehoods in it. But I also am a human being that's 30 years old and I've been growing up in a country that's told me that I wasn't worth anything and I came from a slave class. And then I come from a people that are meant to be treated the way we get treated every day. So I'm not here to compare anyone's atrocities or tragic events that their families have dealt with generations of time. I'm just here to continue to expose things that our world continues to put in darkness. I'm a light, I'm a beacon of light. That's what I'm here to do. You guys ask me questions about basketball, I give you my expert opinion. You guys ask me about other things, I give you my opinion, and it's met with whatever you believe the perception or the deception is. You guys investigate my life every day and you justify it by serving your own purpose, which I honor. I would like the same respect in return. So please keep that same energy when we're talking about anti-other things, because just because I post a documentary doesn't mean I'm anti-Semitic, and doesn't mean that I'm automatically standing with everyone that is believing in that. So it's unfortunate timing that we're in, but I'm glad that I could stand on the truth, because I'm not afraid of these mics, these cameras. I used to be looking everyone in the eye and telling them the truth, that I'm proud of who I am. Any label that you put on me, I'm able to dismiss because I study. I know the Oxford Dictionary, you look it up, right? One of the biggest mistakes I had in being a kid was not knowing European or Western language until I started looking it up and understanding the definitions and why they say, if you want to trick a black person, put it in a book. 
was wondering my whole life why they said that. Now I'm 30 years old and I know reading is a superpower because it helps me understand where I'm going and where I come from. Like a tree with roots. <laughs> yeah, you too, huh? You too, you too, Vinny Goodwill. Uh, welcome to Brother from Another. Uh, it's Vinny Goodwill from Detroit, right? Detroit, Vinny, you from Detroit? Uh, last time I talked to you, you were black. You still black? Last I checked. Yes, last check. Uh, Michael Holly, uh, from about two and a half hours away, used to drive to Detroit often as a kid, two and a half hours away. Just outside of Cleveland. Um, Kyrie's 30. I'm 52. So I've been black 22 years longer than he has. Um, I know about reading books too. I know about my history too. Um, and I think, uh, and I also know about, you know, world uh, U.S. history and world history. And I know about slavery and a lot of, and I know about oppression. That's not really the point though. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is you can stand on the truth if it's true. If you believe it's true, say it's true. If you believe that, if you still believe it, say it's true. But don't straddle a fence. Don't dance around. Don't, don't hide behind corporate statements. If you really are all about the truth and you're not afraid of anything, you're not afraid of microphones, cameras, or Adam Silver, or the ADL, why don't you have the guts to say, I didn't really, I don't really think this statement's necessary. Okay, if you're really about that, say, I don't believe the statement's necessary because I didn't do anything wrong, and they tripping. I didn't do anything wrong. If, if, if you're really about it, if you're not afraid of it, because clearly, Vinny, he's not sorry because he's had many opportunities for an apology, which is a very simple thing for anybody of any age or any race. It's a very simple thing to, uh, to perfect. You just usually start by saying, I'm sorry. Uh, the fact that he didn't do that tells me he doesn't believe, uh, he doesn't believe he did anything wrong. And so now he's gonna go round and round kind of promoting himself, his own intelligence and dismissing everybody around him as if everybody around him is trying to label him as something that he's not. I think the people there holding the mics and the notepads and the pens are just trying to get a sense of why he did what he did and why he won't say, I'm sorry. I mean, that's my read on it. What, what do you see, Vin? There's a lot to see here, but that's just the, just my opening stab at it. <laughs> I'm stuck on the line um, or, or him repeating the trope of if you want to hide something from a black person, put it in a book. Michael Holly, do you know black people who don't read? Like through some form or apparatus, be it hardcover, you know, your phone, your computer. Do you yeah. actually know black people who don't read? And Kyrie is going to be the one who leads us all to black <laughs> salvation. Kyrie is going to be the one that espouses the truth because we don't see the light. Shaquille Sunflower himself with his proverbs 
and his morals and everything else. Never mind that there were probably black people in front of him while he was talking to the media today, right? And he goes yes. off and he makes himself the victim. He makes himself the victim in this thing. And the crazy thing is, it's one thing I hate. When it's black people's time to talk, when it's the world's time to listen to black folks, it's always someone diverting the conversation, right? Well, what yeah. about her? What about her? What about her? What about? And we're like, no, 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 no. This is this is our moment. It should have long been our moment, right? This week is not about us. Not in the form that he's talking about. Kyrie is so enlightened, he didn't even meet with the damn ADL. He sent his stepmama there. You're so enlightened or so informed with the truth, you won't meet with the ADL, but you will drop them $500,000. And guess what? After today, do you think that the ADL is, is any level of satisfied with a, what Kyrie right. said? Giving them hush money? And then going out and contradicting himself. And he couldn't even answer the simplest GED question in the world. Kyrie, are you an anti-Semite? Asked by Nick Friedle. Look at this statement from Jonathan Greenblatt of the ADL. Look at that statement, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> all he I, had I to do know. was all he had to do was lie. You know what? That's funny. All he had to do, Michael, was lie. And the boy couldn't even lie right. And now all of a sudden, we got we got people in the media twisting themselves inside out to try to defend this fool. Yeah, why? I don't know why. I don't I and 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 uh Jonathan says, hey, we, we took Kyrie at his word when he said he took responsibility. Yeah, take him at his word, but that word was carefully chosen. He said he took responsibility, but he didn't say he was sorry. He didn't say mm -hmm. anything wrong. I take responsibility for I mean, it's almost like saying, uh, Vinny, uh, you're, you're going to take responsibility for the chair that you're sitting in. Well, thanks, Vinny. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah, we know that. Uh, you're sitting in it, and you're responsible for it. Uh, you're responsible for something that you, you put into motion, but that's not really saying anything. Say something. I take responsibility for my website. Okay, you're telling me somebody didn't post it on your behalf. You posted it yourself. Thank you. How about the contents of it? Not the execution, but the contents of what you posted. I, I, I just really, I, I just, I can't, I can't believe some of the stuff. I can't believe some of the stuff that he says, man. I really can't. I can't believe. And you know, and you know and, what the and, bad part the reason, is? No. And the reason you know I say I can't believe it, I've heard it. I've heard it before. I just can't believe he's saying it. That's, that's what, that, that's the disappointing part. We've heard this all of our lives from different people um, who just kind of passing by. If you listen to people, if, you, if you've been to any barbershop, you hear some people talking all kinds of stuff. And you know what I mostly, you know what I do most of the time back when I used to go to barbershops, uh, but for myself, I hear something really, really crazy. I just nod my head. Okay. I'm not even going to engage in that. Why? Why? <laughs> Wow. Not even I'm not even going to engage in it because it's so wild. It's so crazy. Like, where were you asking the reporters? Where were you? 
Where were you when I was dealing with this traumatic thing? Some of them, some of them weren't around. Some of them weren't invited. Uh, some of them, some of them were dealing with their own traumas. Exactly. Ex- ex- here's like, don't turn. There are times. Don't get me wrong. There are times where you can turn the microphone back on, back on the person who's inquiring. But this ain't one of those times. This is not it. This is the time for accountability. This is not the time to pass the buck. Like once again, as I stated, as I've written in the columns and I've stated on podcasts, black people do not get our history from history books in school. Right, our history didn't start off with slavery. We weren't freed from the benevolence of white people in 1865. We all get that, but the same thing that you are talking about with us, you're not passing on to another group of marginalized people through history that went through atrocities that were verified that you have ancestors still living with the trauma from this day, just as we are living with the legacy and the foundations of slavery. Like some people have been trying to put black folks against Jewish people for years. And like you said, you know what I compare it to? You know what I compare it to? Because having been on a college campus for years and somebody just wakes up one day and they flipped, you know what we say? That dude must have just had some bad weed. Because <laughs> yeah, right. now yeah. he done lost his damn and you dismiss the person as not being credible or serious. And Kyrie wants so bad to be taken seriously without doing anything, anything to justify. He can't even be a man and say, you know what? I was misinformed. I was misled. I was trying to educate myself on something. Turns out that I was wrong and I apologize. He can't even do that. Yeah. Because I'm a beacon of light. Okay, I'll go with that. I'll take his word. I'm a, because I'm a beacon of light. I'm on a mission now that is so much bigger than basketball. I'm blessed to be able to play basketball. He said that before. Uh, he's an artist. It's the art. Respect the art. All the stuff that he said. Okay, using his own words. Uh, you know, I, I, I do this sometimes uh, with, with young journalists who, who bring their stories to me. And I say, look, you have the contents already there. It's just a little bit out of order. I can take your own words and kind of build a story that makes perfect sense. It's just the sequencing is wrong. So he's already said these things about being blessed to be able to play this game and it's an art and it's craft and all that. What he could have added to that is I was trying to and then fill in the blanks about all the things that he said. I was trying to bring light to this and light to that and uh, talk about uh, the struggles uh, that, that black people historically have had. But this citation was not the right way to do it. Oh, you're done. You're done. You got it, baby. If you just say, I was trying to do this, I was misled by that one. That's off. If you believe it. Hmm. If you believe it. This is where I'm going to keep coming, coming back to him. Look, I know that there's that he has caused uh, hurt to a lot of people, but if he believes it, if he still believes it, okay, go ahead and declare it. Like you, you, you're telling us that we, we're not, we don't really get it. We don't really understand where you're coming from. Well, you have the ability to speak truth and you'll stand on truth. What's the truth about why you won't say I'm sorry? Well, we're puppets. Is it because you were told? Pe- Is it because you were peons. told to say it? Right. Or, mm-hmm. right. It could be, it's either you were told, you were told to say it and you don't want to be told what to do. 
you think these people are, uh, you know, ADL and Adam Silver, NBA, they're all making a big deal about something that you don't think is a big deal, or you actually think it's true? What is it? it it's, it's pretty simple, but, but Vinny, he's standing in front of people. You want to talk about, like, looking, looking at the media with disdain. He's standing in front of a group of people, most of whom, I don't know them all personally, uh, most of whom are in this position because they generally like to, they're curious. They like to listen to people. They like to read. Some of them like to write, <laughs> you know, like you, you're going after wrong folks who you're like, hey, you haven't considered this. A lot of, a lot of media people especially have considered a lot of these issues that he's, uh, that he's talking about. But I, I, I say all that to say this. I'm looking at your feed, Vinny, and you got to explain to me after we, what we just said, spent the last 15, 20 minutes talking about Kyrie Irving. You got to explain to me why KD should go. Did you write that in your feed that KD should go? <laughs> or something like that? Absolutely, like I did. No, 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 no. Okay. He should go. So, why K? Oh, you're saying KD should be freed from this? Yes, yes. KD should go. Uh, explain that. Explain that. Explain it. Because I think you know who Kyrie. Uh, they ain't going nowhere fast, whether it's Ime Odoka uh, or or Red Auerbach Incarnate. I, like, they ain't going nowhere with this dude on the team. Kyrie, not happening. Who not said he's going to be on so, the team? Well, where's he going? Where's he going? I trade him, but I don't. Okay, no, it's not about trading him. Who said they just won't send him home? Who's to say that Kyrie won't take a mental break? He done played seven straight games, eight straight games, done been <laughs> on time. And you know what else? They had the nerve to fire a coach, hire another one, not consult him or interview him for the head coaching job for the Brooklyn Nets. He's about due to sit down for a week and pout. He about due for that. But yeah, Katie should go. And, why? and not why? because why? It, Okay, A, the Brooklyn Nets have no present. They have no future. They're not selling tickets. They're not winning games. They're not entertaining. You need draft picks. You need to start building and developing the future. Ime Yudoka may wind up being a better head coach than Steve Nash. I'm sure he is a better head coach than Steve Nash, but it's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to, excuse me, it's not going to get you to a championship level. You don't have the roster. You're not sure you have the competitive character. Not sure you have the cohesion or anything that's necessary from a basketball standpoint. So now we're going from the nonsensical conversation of Kyrie to the practical conversation of Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is the only thing of note, the only thing of value on that roster. And if Kyrie isn't going to be there next year, and you're probably not going to fill that void with anything of note. We don't know what Ben Simmons is, right? The Brooklyn Nets aren't going to trade Kevin Durant because they just hired Ime Udoka. But they should trade Kevin Durant because they need to start figuring out how to plan a future. Right now, shockingly, the New York bleeping Knicks have a better present and future than the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. And I had never 100%. thought I would ever fix my mouth to say such a thing. You know what, Benny? You're, you're so right. I, I was uh, telling somebody earlier today. In most cases, if you quiz me, 
on the worst franchises in you know in various leagues. Hockey, I don't know about hockey. Maybe, maybe I might be able to get that one right. Coyotes, maybe. But if you ask me, you know, worst baseball franchise, worst football franchise, Detroit Lions. Down on road, dead. Right. I think I got that acronym right. Uh, yep. Worst football yep. franchise, or, or worst basketball franchise. I can usually get it, and because I, I can get it right, Vinny, because I've had years of history to kind of think about it. They usually kind of build up to it. It's, it's like I can go back to the 70s in some cases, 80s, Lions, 50s. Okay, I can keep going back. But the Brooklyn Nets have taken over the position and and they've done it so quickly, I haven't even, I, I, I can't catch up to them because it's still happening. They are slowly, not, not slowly, they're quickly mm-hmm. unraveling into the worst franchise in the NBA and it's it's happened so fast. I tried to I tried to get them in the photograph, and then they're still moving. I can't even take the I can't even take the picture because it just still happened. They get worse every day, and they've gotten they've gotten there in about two or three years. About three years ago, I'd say, pretty good franchise. They recovered from a really stupid trade that they made with the Celtics. Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett gave yeah. away all their draft picks. Gave the Celtics yeah. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Now they're coming back. Kenny Atkinson, Sean Marks are doing the right things. And then they just lost it. They had some, they had that bad weed you, you, your buddy had uh, on campus. They had that bad weed. And I didn't say it was, it was anybody I knew. Hey, I know. I'm just saying, uh, you know, it's, it's a proxy. It's a proxy. It's just a composite. It's a composite for somebody. There we somebody. go. There we go. <laughs> but. They're, they're, the Brooklyn Nets uh, bad weed turned into a gateway drug. Now they're doing all sorts of stuff that we can't even keep up with. They're ahead of us. It's, I don't know if making a trade. Like, is Sean Marks, you say they should trade Kevin Durant? Is Sean Marks the guy to do it? Is it do they have what's right there? What's stable? I, <laughs> I am shocked I that it got this far. What do they I'm have to lean on? this far. They they don't have anything to lean on. They don't have you, they have their beacon of light. Kyrie is their beacon of light to lean on the player who's not going to be there in six months, maybe not even six weeks, maybe not even six days, depending on what happens when he goes to meet with Commissioner Adam Silver, who has given him a lot of grace and a lot of time to try to figure this thing out before coming down with the hammer. And I have no doubt that he's going to come down with the hammer if he does not hear what he wants to hear from Kyrie Irving when he sits down at Olympic Tower on 6th Avenue in Manhattan uh, in a couple of days or a few days, whenever that's going to be. I don't know what the Brooklyn Nets have. They don't seem to have a direction. They don't seem to have an organizational ethos. They don't seem to have, hey, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. They might have once did it, right? And maybe Kenny Atkinson was not the coach for Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. But I don't know who the coach is. Kyrie Irving and I when I looked at the team that they had built they had built a team full of tryhards in this trendy area with this new arena and that what had attracted Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving there in part because they felt like they could run everything right they felt like they could dominate everything they could chart their own course on it they could chart the culture they could show up to work when they wanted to they could pick the head coach pick their teammates and it would be victories and vibes and you know what this turned out to be? Nothing but, right? And now they're at the point where the Nets have to admit 
that they have made a grand and huge mistake and they will be much better off cutting bait and saying, you know what, Ben Simmons, we don't know what you're going to be. Kyrie Irving, you can't do anything for us. Kevin Durant, you are the one piece of note that we have. Where do you want to go? And we will try to yeah. get you there and they extract as much as possible. No, they they, they really didn't to, want they, him. They, they didn't want to trade him. They didn't want to trade him. Okay. Yeah, they didn't want to trade him, but wouldn't it be easier? You tell me, wouldn't it have been easier to trade Durant over the summer when he asked for it? And all these teams they who hadn't have. quite set their rosters, hadn't started the season, like, okay, we'll do it. We'll make a, a big move for Kevin Durant in, in July or, or June. But to try it in November, uh, it's, it's really, I mean, I think it's really tough for, for somebody to say, okay. You, you can't can be hung it. up on, you can't be hung up on previous mistakes. Oh, we shouldn't have done this two years ago. Or we shouldn't have let yeah. Kyrie Irving back on the team after the COVID thing. Everything that they're doing is trying to mask the last error. At some point, it's almost like the Green Bay Packers. Everything that they've been doing has been after disastrous uh, drafting of Jordan Love, right? And it's all led to this point because they've been trying to mask that mistake. The Brooklyn Nets are trying to mask everything that they've done over the past couple of years. It's been so much from James Harden getting there and looking good to James Harden acting up and everything in between and everything since. Like most franchises don't go through this over the course of seven or eight years and the Brooklyn Nets seem to have gone through this over the course of 18 months and usually usually that level of drama is accompanied by the possibility of winning there's no possibility of winning anymore so not only are you laid bare like the emperor has no clothes right the Nets have no clothes at some point you just say you know what we are washing our hands. Since we want to go biblical, go Pontius Pilate. Wash your hands of the whole thing. Wash your hands of Kyrie Irving. Say, ask Kevin Durant, hey, you've been at least a professional. You, you have aided and abetted Kyrie sometimes. You have probably enabled Kyrie Irving sometimes. But as for you and your individual conduct, you've shown up to work and you haven't caused us more trouble than what it's been worth. Where would you like to go? Hmm. Oh, Vinny, I love it. You know, you can tell us about bad weed. I, I'd say, Vinny, your memoir is still it's in the early stages. Bath water, magic juice, and, and bad weed? No, 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 no. That's even better. Right now, right now, we about, we're about a third through, third through the memoir. Right now, my working title for your memoir is Bad, bad, uh, bad Weed, Bath Water, and the Bible, because you just gave us a Pontius Pilate quote. I mean, you got to think about all the places you can go. Vinny Goodwill, a man of, of many tastes and many styles. Pontius Pilate. It's impressive. Start off talking about bad weed. End up talking about the Bible. Praise the Lord. All right. Brother from another. We'll be back in a second. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. You know, we talked some hoops, Vinny. I think we need to talk about uh, a division that you know very well, the NFC North. Uh, used to old school, used to be known as the uh, Black and Blue Division. It hadn't been that for a long time. And you know what? It probably wasn't even that when it was called that. Because <laughs> it was. The Lions, it was. The Lions it was. were in it then. The Lions yes, were still were. in it. But maybe, maybe those couple years when the Lions uh, gave us some hope, uh, it, it was it was pretty competitive. But for a long time, this team right here, this logo, classic mm-hmm. logo, Green Bay Packers, this team has really owned the division for quite a while. And you always look at Green Bay, no matter who the quarterback was, whether it was Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers, you looked at Green Bay and said, if they're not, if they're not the best team in the division, they're a team you got to pay attention to because of who the quarterback is. And I, and I wonder, Vinny, if, if you saw this coming, Forget about their record. The record is three and five. But if you saw a, a, a season of struggle with Devontae Adams being traded to the Raiders or, or leaving for the Raiders, because I always thought, hey, Aaron Rodgers, he'll figure it out. Quarterbacks work, make receivers, not vice versa. You got one of the all-time greats in Rodgers. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Maybe not. They won't win the Super Bowl, but they're going to be fine. And I was wrong. Did you see this one coming from Green Bay? I tried not to. You know what I mean? I tried not to because I firmly believe, and I know that you you will disagree, of course. I think Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback to ever play football. Just as far as what he can do, his height, you know, the height of Aaron Rodgers' powers is better than anybody I've ever seen. And that's with all due respect to people I didn't see. And it's a passing error and everything else, but I digress. But I never felt like the Green Bay organization was all in on him. When you saw Tampa Bay go to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, when you saw the Rams go to the Super Bowl, they threw all their chips to the center of the table. We're going to go get Odell Beckham. We're going to F these draft picks. We're going to do yep. everything within our power. All this. Von yep. Miller, everything. Like, you can't half-ass it. And I feel like Green Bay has been happy half-assing it, in large part because you're in a bad division, because the Bears are never worth anything, because the Lions ain't never been worth anything, because Minnesota is nobody to fear. You can pencil in 11 wins and maybe scratch out a few more and find yourself at the top of the NFC, have home field, and feel like you've done your job as opposed to loading up your roster. You look at it, you look at that receiving court, and you tell me Romeo Dobbs and Alan Lazard and Ooh. whomever else they got, right? That's like a who's yeah. who of who? And then you say, we're going to try to win with running the football, except you don't have a good offensive line. And you try to win with defense, but your defense stinks. Like, once again, organizational ethos. Matt LaFleur is supposed to be this offensive genius. Where's the genius? 
and you didn't go out and you didn't equip your quarterback with anyone to throw it to. And you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to say, well, we can't do it because Aaron Rodgers, we gave you $50 million. We did what no. you wanted. That's what that's right. what they're tacitly yeah. trying to say. To say, Aaron, you asked for all this money, and now we don't have any money to disperse because we're a hard cap salary team. This is a hard cap league. And we got to preserve our picks and flexibility for the future. Guess what? When Aaron Rodgers leaves, you ain't got no future, no way. They got Jordan Love. They got okay. Jordan Love who they, who they spent okay. a first round pick on when they could have been building around Aaron Rodgers. Look, um, I, I think I think there's a there's a changing spirit in the NFL, and I think Green Bay is a part of that is part of that group. That's going to be left behind mm. and I'll tell you a group that's going to be left behind too. And it's going to surprise you based on where I live and um, really and, and the people who the people who built the house uh, that, that I'm living in right now, <laughs> the New England Patriots. Okay, they built the house. Thank you very much. But I'm about to say, oh, you had your but, house built from the ground up. This was, you know, this is a new build. That's what we saying. Well, I I'm not saying it's a new build. What I'm saying I'm just, is I'm, I'm just, I'm just the only asking. reason I'm able to get it, the only reason I was able to get it, <laughs> you know, put a couple of uh, Patriots books out there, a couple, a couple books, a couple of few books uh, in, in the mix uh, helped us get there. But I would say with the Patriots, I think the Patriots, the Packers, and all organizations who think in a way that used to be acceptable, Benny, I'll say this, it used to be acceptable and it used to work. I think it's slowly outdated and that is, mm. hey, listen, we're not gonna, we're not going all in. We're not gonna do that. We're going to hold on to our draft picks. We're gonna leave ourselves in a good position with draft picks. We're gonna be uh, fiscally responsible and free agency. We're gonna have a balanced roster and we're gonna win with a complete roster. We're not gonna be top heavy with all these stars and then uh, ignore the bottom end of the roster. Oh, that stuff all sounded good 15 years ago, 10 years ago, or five years ago when the Patriots also had, coincidence or not, Tom Brady. So you could, you could kind of build a philosophy. It's almost like you got a star and you're saying, well, you're building your philosophy. No, it's not a philosophy. You got a star. <laughs> and then you're able to kind of uh, get a little mumbo jumbo in there thinking, that you invented something. No, what you did is you found a really great player. It's like Phil Jackson and a star and who could take less. Yeah, and you had yeah, a star right, right. who could take less because his wife was making double. Or a, a, a star who took less just because he he bought it. He was in. He he uh, he really accepted the whole you know team first mentality and. You know, if I take less, that allows them to bring in another guy who can help the team. Eh, not necessarily, but you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like mm -hmm. uh, Phil Jackson with like the Zen master and all this stuff, man. You got Jordan. Shut up. Right. You got right. Jordan. Then you had Shaq and Kobe. Where, where was all that when you went to New York? <laughs> okay. Your philosophy, you ain't had no stars. And so I think Green Bay is still stuck in that that past era, which is really not that old, probably ended in 2018, 2019. Everybody, have you noticed? Everybody's gotten aggressive lately. All the Super Bowl champs, uh, the last two Super Bowl champions have gotten majorly aggressive. 
Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was Kansas City, Tampa Bay got aggressive. The Rams got aggressive. This year, Philadelphia is about to be 8-0. They went out and they traded up in the draft and they brought in A.J. Brown. They're doing all this stuff. San Francisco, aggressive. San you went straight for Christian Miami. McCaffrey. Yes. And Green Bay is sitting there like, hmm, that's nice for you. That's nice. But I don't think what you're doing is sustainable. Nah, you got Aaron Rodgers. You don't know how much longer you have him. I'd say you put everything you can around him. Go out and get it. Go out and get it. Get as many as many high end pieces as you can get and see what happens because you've been 13 and 3, 13 and 4 uh, the last several years and it really hasn't done much for you. It hadn't gotten you out of because you haven't gone all in. They've never think about it. They've never gone all in. Even during those, you know, underwhelming Mike McCarthy years after the Super Bowl where Aaron Rodgers was carrying dog bleep teams, right? And you and, and they had the homegrown plays. You had the Jordy Nelson, the Greg Jennings, the Randall Cobbs, and they relied on their scouting and they relied on their drafting. But you've got to be really, really, really good to basically only build a team through the draft, to only build a team one way, to not explore the trade market, to not explore free agency. Your draft picks every time better be completely above board if you're only going to use that one that one route. And when you drafted Jordan Love because you thought Aaron Rodgers was done, that completely changed the math. And they never, they've never adjusted. Not even the fact that they didn't take a first-round wide receiver in like a million years. Because I saw the Detroit Lions take uh, wide receivers like four years in a row, and the only one they that finally was got it right that though. Was, they, yeah, they got they, yeah, they got it. Yeah, for, the fourth time was a charm, right? Finally, finally. After after Charles oh. Rogers, after Roy Williams, after you know what I mean. Can't remember who who else they did. Mike Williams, you know what I mean. There are Mike Williams in there too. They, Mike they, Williams they drafted two Williams. Yeah, Mike, two Mike Williams, Williams from U- Rogers, Mike Williams from USC. They finally got Calvin who, Johnson. And, and then you finally got Calvin Johnson the fourth time with a chunk. Like, I'm not saying take a wide receiver in the first round every year, but when you look at what Kansas City did to to augment Patrick Mahomes, when you look at what Miami did to augment Tua Tagovailoa, oh, excuse me, Tagovailoa, <laughs> sorry, forgive my, forgive my French on that one. Where's Aaron Rodgers' gifts? Poverty-ass franchise. Yeah, that's what it is. And I yeah, ain't I from Milwaukee. I am from Green Bay. Yeah. You from Detroit? I, I, look, when I was what? a Lions fan, I can't hear it. When enough. I picked, oh, oh, found on road dead. You mean like Sterling Sharp in the back of the end zone on a game that wasn't even televised live because the Lions couldn't sell out a playoff game in Pontiac in 1994? I was a Lions fan then. Not wow. one no more. Couldn't sell. Couldn't sell out a playoff game. Nope. I'm sorry. Vinny, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you've had to go through this. We're going to talk to Tom Haberstroh next. All right, it's been a rough start to the season for the Philadelphia 76ers. It just got a little rougher. Our guy, Keith Pompey, from the Philly Inquirer, says, James Harden has a right foot tendon strain, and he could be out a month. Woj uh, got the report first. 
So Harden, who actually uh, came into training camp and came to the season in pretty good shape, uh, Tom Haberstroh, he looked pretty good, giving you 22 points a game, 10 assists. James Harden looking all right out for a month. What do you think that does for Philadelphia? Oh, man, if there wasn't tire fires going on everywhere in the league, I'd say this is the biggest story in the league right now is James Harden. They can't afford James Harden to be out for a month, certainly not Joel Embiid, who's already had a series of you know injury issues going over the past several years. He's going to have to be leaned upon now, perhaps more than ever, because this is a, a scenario in which you have Tyrese Maxey, the young up-and-coming star who's going to get the rock and going to have to score 25, 30 points a night to stay afloat. But Joel Embiid has to bring it defensively and offensively. This is a team that's not structured in a way that it can just float and expect that James Harden is going to be out a month and they're going to be a 500 team. Joel Embiid did not look engaged to start the season, has been ill recently. And I just think this is a, a big sort, big red flag for the Philadelphia 76ers unless Tyrese Maxey is going to continue being the number one scorer. Could this, and, and I'm and I know, you know, you and Amin are members of basketball Illuminati. <clears throat> two two things here. Could this be have you have you uh have you cleaned off your third eye? That, that's the, before you answer this question. You gotta <laughs> clean up your third eye. Um could this be a blessing in disguise considering this looks like Daryl Ball. This looks like Mike D'Antoni ball as opposed Ooh. to Joel Embiid ball. And we know where Mike D'Antoni ball gets every team. It gets you worn down and worn out before the calendar gets to June. And secondly, should the Philadelphia 76ers be making a call to Brooklyn and asking about the services of one Ooh. Kevin Durant? Ooh. Wow. I mean, you have ripped my third eye wide open, Vinny, with that. I love it. I thought you were going, hey. Is this James Harden sitting out, taking his time in the regular season? And if the thing, if the whole thing goes sideways on him, maybe that will justify moving Doc Rivers out and bringing in his former coach in Houston, Mike D'Antoni, in. You took that and you doubled down with the KD take, and I love this. I love this out of you because what I what I didn't consider is the fact that someone's going to take advantage of this situation in Brooklyn. Someone is. Someone's going to get on the phone with Kevin Durant or his agent, or the Brooklyn Nets, and say, all right, KD, if KD's hitched his wagon to Kyrie, that's not going to work out. If KD's not happy, then he's going to want out. And the, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be sitting in this situation and see, look at themselves in the mirror and say, look at this future we have for ourselves. Kyrie Irving is going to be a free agent after this summer. Ben Simmons has been a mess, and he can't be depended on at all. And so you're looking at... Well, our only asset that we can use is Kevin Durant. And so if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you have to look strongly in the mirror and see, all right, how do we get out of this mess? Are there other stars out there that we can trade Kevin Durant for in earnest, right? This summer when they were going and saying, all right, well, we're going to, he's made a trade demand and Sean Marks and Steve Nash, or else they're both going to be out. I can't say that that was in earnest, that they were looking to trade Kevin Durant. I will say now, with all of their options seemingly exhausted with Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons, that's absolutely what Daryl Morey should be doing is getting on the phone and seeing, hey, is KD available right now? Because we got a young star in, in Maxi. We got Joel Embiid. Not that I would trade Joel Embiid for KD right now, but I'm saying you would want to get on the phone and, and have those discussions. Give me a good fit besides Philly. 
for 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 Kevin Durant. I mean, just uh, you know, give me a couple teams that it would just it would make so much sense for that team and for Brooklyn. We always have to have Miami in that conversation. Um, they have Tyler Hero under contract, Bam Adebayo. Uh, they've always, always, every time I doubt them, with the Jimmy the Jimmy Butler summer, I did not think that he was going to be going to Miami, no matter how many whispers we had about him potentially wanting to go and hook up with Pat Riley in Miami. I did not see that happening. And then, of course, Andy Ellisberg, the GM there, made it happen with the sign and trade with Josh Richardson, okay? So I always put Miami in those conversations. They always go big game hunting. And so Kevin Durant uh, and Miami always going to be on my radar. Um, but outside of that, I mean, Phoenix, of course, they're now got only one loss or top of the Western Conference. The DeAndre Ayton situation has not been settled. It would have to be a three-team deal, I believe, in order for that to, to work. But those are two destinations I continue to look at, in addition to Philly that Vinny brought up. Um, Phoenix, Miami, and, uh, and Philly um, got to be the teams that you would want to talk to if you're the Brooklyn Nets here. It would never happen. I know it would never happen. But there's a team in the Bay that's struggling right now. And they got a bunch Ooh. of young players. Not a bunch of young players that you could put in the trade and you got an older <laughs> roster that maybe you're having one last dance on because Draymond Green's contract is going to reach an impasse at the end of this. I'm not saying that there's a team that could do it. I'm just saying that there's a team that could want that old thing back. Hey, Vinny, I totally agree with you, except the time was not now. The time was this summer because the stock for Kaminga right. and the stock for James Wiseman has gone plummeted down since the start of this season. They're, they're not the young duo. Uh, Moses Moody, I think, is is probably has a highest ceiling and, and maybe the best player of those three prospects. But, man, it's going to be hard for me to think that Brooklyn Nets are looking at that situation and saying those three prospects over there, those young players, those are bankable uh, pillars that we can build around Jordan Poole, another good um, young piece for them. But man, I think that that deal, if that was going to come together, I think it would have happened this summer. Cause right now those prospects do not have a good stop. You know, uh, Tom, I don't know if you realize, you know, Vinny, Vinny uh, Goodwill likes to play games. You know, he likes games. So he likes to put you on the spot with, with games that he plays. Let's play a game. Vinny often says, so I want to say, let's play a game, Tom. Um, if you were advising Kyrie Irving and Adam Silver the last couple of days, what would you tell each of those guys uh, about their situations, about their public statements? Start with Kyrie and then let's get to Adam Silver. If you're advising these guys, what would you say? Well, Kyrie Irving, um, if I'm not advising him, um, I would probably quit. I don't think he's listening to me. I don't think he's listening to anybody right now. The only person that Kyrie Irving seems to be listening to is himself. Um, I don't know who he's getting guidance from on this, but to me, enough with the statements, enough with the um, just apologize. Just apologize. Say I'm sorry and move on. Because every time he says, you're, pointing, you're painting me into a corner, he's painting himself as the victim here. And I don't think that that's advisable, especially when you're dealing with the NBA and Commissioner um, Adam Silver, who has been dared every step of the way to do something. And Kyrie Irving, he, if he apologizes, I think this doesn't make everything better. It doesn't make everyone whole in this situation, but it certainly moves things forward. And right now, I just, I wish the NBA would have a spine rather than a statement, right? Take a stand here. Like, 
when you're putting out a um a not he did the nba did not name kyrie irving in their original statement about this and it took them a long time to get there so they have people in a room a conference room trying to figure out what are we going to say about kyrie well we can't put his name in there why i don't know we can't put his name we don't want to be that direct or that specific we just want to have this pillowy uh, generic statement Adam Silver has been MIA on this whole thing, and he's saying, I'm going to meet with Kyrie in the next week. Why can't you just get on the phone with him today? Why can't you talk to him today, right now, and have that meeting already? It doesn't have to be in person. Maybe it would help to be in person. Oh, no, it needs, that to need, it needs to be in person. That needs to be in person, Tom. Well, David Stern would have had that meeting already. We know that. We know that. He would have been on the first flight out there, or he would just – have the phone call and Kyrie Irving would be suspended right away. I'm surprised he hasn't been suspended yet, but you know what this does? It enables not just Kyrie. It enables anybody who wants to take that blueprint from Kyrie because look at what happened. He hasn't been suspended. He hasn't had to talk to the media. He hasn't had a, a harsh word or ha having the NBA speak out against him publicly. And so, and Nike hasn't done anything as far as we can tell. So for Kyrie Irving, why wouldn't he continue down this path? Yeah, he's getting a lot of noise from the outside and catching a lot of grief outside, but he's still playing basketball. He's not being suspended. Hey, I don't want to talk today. Okay, cool, Kyrie. You're good. Man, it just seems like they're enabling Kyrie and telling everybody else, hey, if you follow that blueprint, you'll be taken care of with kid gloves as well. Tom Haberstroh, I love your answer. As a matter of fact, I need your advice on some things I'm working on. I'll call you in a little bit because... I I need your advice on some, some issues. Good to see you, man. All right. Good to see you, Mike. Thanks, and Allison Chains or Pearl Jam, whatever playlist questions you have for me, I'm here. <laughs> right, thanks, fellas. <laughs> Allison Chains. Good stuff. All right. Good. Toss it up and let you. Uh... Vinny, the Lakers have a two-game winning streak. Will you vote for Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Westbrook, as Sixth Man of the Year? Someone brought that up to me earlier today, and that was one of the, my close friends who's a member of Russell Westbrook High. And I'll say to you what I said to him. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> Come on. You can't say that this early. Yes, I can't can. just dismiss it. You can't just dismiss it. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.